Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 28 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners affiliated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis. I am Jack Terman, Jr., your host for the podcast and a member of the faculty of this great department. Today, our students Chris and Sammy discuss How Change Happens by Duncan Green. This book outlines ways for community leaders to positively create change within local communities, states, and nations. This conversation emphasizes the need for skilled local community leaders to take charge in leading change within their community. It nicely emphasizes the important role that these leaders play in building local coalitions that are best equipped to meet the local needs. It wisely emphasizes that these local leaders need individuals they can turn to for support and guidance who can help mentor them and support them when challenging issues arise. It stresses the need for leaders to be sensitive and flexible to change. It is important to listen admit to error, and change course to achieve better community results. Finally, the importance of thoughtful communication strategies is discussed as an important tool of all community leaders. This Community Solutions episode provides concrete advice to help community leaders be successful in their efforts to build healthy, hope-filled communities. Let's join the conversation. Hello, my name is Chris Henderson. Hello, my name is Sammy Davila. Today we'll be talking about the book, How Change Happens by Duncan Green. One of the first topics we will discuss today is the deeper underlying issues that occur within the complex systems within society. There's a lot of mistrust between citizens and people in leadership positions of power. Change cannot occur without breaking down the barriers within public and private sectors. Communities struggle to take advice from outsiders. Therefore, they need leaders from their community to bring about change. These leaders are called champions, who have a certain degree of political power, insider knowledge, and cultural competency that outsiders don't have. Duncan Green states that starting small within the community allows for more feasible and effective changes. This topic can be directly applied to the opioid crisis here in Indiana. For example, the Indiana Criminal Justice Institute funds local coordinating councils in each county throughout the state. The sole purpose of the LCC is to meaningfully address alcohol and drug problems at the local level and in doing so, bring forth change at the state level. As we consider complexities of the opioid crisis, including stigma associated with this issue and the unique demographic profile of each county struggling with this crisis, it became necessary to draw upon the strengths and expertise of leaders within each community. The LCC requires coalition building and in many cases, LCCs have representatives from law enforcement, fire and rescue, mental health, K through 12 education, local health departments, and members from the general public. This unique partnership supports counties by simply providing funding. Additionally, a state representative attends LCC meetings and reports back to the Indiana State Department of Health any concerns or needs stated by members of the LCC. 
These representatives can also provide technical support. This hands-off approach affords each community the ability to make choices about how best to address the opioid crisis in their communities, given they are the experts living and working within those communities. Champions are the first step to bringing about change in the community to build a relationship between residents and leaders. The next step is having advocates to help champions be successful in their positions. We will now talk about the difference between lobbying and advocating. Lobbying involves individuals going directly to the policymakers to discuss their topic of choice and argue why the policymakers should vote in their favor. Advocacy involves building relationships with people in order to gain their trust to encourage people to change their behaviors. Advocacy is not simply telling people what to do, but educating them on the importance of the issue and providing examples of actions to take that will help reduce issues. When people are trying to bring about change, it's important to be flexible and not reinvent the wheel. Duncan Green uses the phrase dancing with the system as an important skill to use to ensure ad advocating is more successful when trying to make changes happen. Advocates make, must work with the audience to get the message across, even if it means being less effective. Pointing fingers and telling others what to do will discourage people and result in barriers to change. Another important idea that Duncan Green addressed is the idea of thoughtful power versus committed power. Thoughtful power involves passion-tempered acts combined with critical thinking. For example, when we considered the Parkland mass shooting as a nation, we collectively witnessed youth that survived a traumatic and prescient event rise up and demand that we protect them in their schools and communities. These youth activists used tra traditional forms of media, for example, cable news interviews, and more importantly, they used social media platforms to take on gun reform in a measured and organized manner, which is a skill that Duncan Green recommends. Working within the system, and in many cases multiple systems, like local, state, and federal governments, the youth activists constructed effective messages to compel gun reform in this nation. Examples of how the youth gained national attention for the cause they are championing included providing testimony before Congress and also organizing peaceful protest marches around the country and on Washington, D.C., all in an effort to nurture change without being controlling, as said by Duncan Green. In this example, the youth activists and their allies gained national attention and challenged people to reconsider their views on, regarding the Second Amendment. However, when political leaders, lobbyists, and people with power do decide to jump on the bandwagon and speak out on issues, they are punished. The system is rigged to keep people in power from changing their viewpoints due to ties for funding and political support. A way to address the barriers these leaders face is to increase consumer pressure, pressure within to make these changes socially acceptable. When a majority of citizens speak out, companies and representatives from all levels of government begin to worry about being on the wrong side of history, as discussed by Duncan Green. Gun laws are an example of this, but another example includes multiple Nike campaign ads 
regarding social injustice and police brutality, starring Colin Kaepernick and in the most recent campaign, Dream Crazier, regarding women's empowerment. These campaigns led to citizen power overtaking leaders, which forces people to reevaluate their long-held beliefs, values, and understanding of social injustices and stereotyping. Additionally, campaigns like these provide examples to a younger audience about how they can be in the world, that what they can strive to achieve themselves. This is a marathon, not a sprint, when thinking about long-lasting, permanent collective cultural shifts in our understanding, practices, and policies. Campaigns like these empower more individuals to share their stories, provide opportunities to shift our understandings and practices at the local level, and on a much broader level, contributing to the evolution of our society. In order to gain attention and create these movements, people need the power to do so. The last topic we are going to discuss are the three different types of power. The first type of power we will discuss is power over. Power over involves the power that systems have on citizens' capability to access various opportunities. An example for increasing residents' power over the system that Duncan Green discusses is strengthening the disadvantaged population's access to the legal system. Although advancements to women's rights have occurred over time, women still experience inequality economically as they make 80 cents for every dollar a man earns in the United States. However, wage inequality is a global problem. The focus of money over human rights is a common issue that has led to the injustice experienced by numerous disadvantaged populations, including women, and the wage disparity is even greater among other minority groups. The book How Change Happens discusses the wide gap between the rich and poor throughout the world. As stated by Duncan Green, the 62 richest individuals make as much as half of the globe, which is 3.5 billion people. The current system is set up to favor certain populations and make it harder for others to access equal opportunities. The next type of power is power two, which involves citizens' power to take action and have equal opportunities to do so. The final type of power is power within, which is power within oneself to have the confidence and belief that I have the right and capability to take action in my community and in society. There is no better example of power over than when we consider sexual harassment in the workplace. While Duncan Green spoke of the power of emerging events to shift industry practices, I also think emerging events can can be emerging events can help us frame and contextualize our understanding of power and how minority groups have been historically treated. For example, as we consider who has and who has not had power in the workforce historically, we must consider the disempowerment, sexual harassment, and sexual violence upon women in and outside of the workplace and to what links we will go as a society to ensure women and other minority groups have a seat at the table, are mentally, 
emotionally and physically safe in the workplace and feel empowered to equally contribute. The disenfranchisement of disadvantaged populations has led to international tides, as stated by Duncan Green, that has led to these pressing issues to be brought to light once people rose up, shared their stories, and became advocates for change. Take, for example, the Me Too movement. The phrase Me Too was tweeted by Milano around noon on October 15, 2017, and by the end of the day had been used more than 200,000 times. And by the end of the day on October 16, 2017, more than 500,000 Me Too tweets had been sent. On Facebook, the hashtag was used by more than 4.7 million people in 12 million posts during the first 24 hours. The platform reported that 45% of users in the United States had a friend who had posted using the term Me Too. This tweet went viral as women began and continued to tell their stories for the first time to friends, family, and most importantly, publicly using social media platforms. Such public disclosures have resulted in a resounding cultural shift in this country where corporations and people in power now choose to believe a woman as they come forward and tell their stories instead of public publicly shaming them firing them, or accusing them of trying to ruin a man's professional career. This is an example of the impact of power within, because it took great courage and confidence in oneself for these women to step forward and tell their stories publicly. As a result, there have been a number of organizations that have changed their policies regarding sexual harassment, which has started, which, which was started from women and men activists speaking out and telling their stories, gaining national and international recognition. Such events like the Me Too movement have served as a tipping point, collectively changing how we address sexual harassment, sexual violence, and the victims of either in the workplace. The public nature of the Me Too movement aligns with what Duncan Green discussed with regards to meaningful and widespread change. For example, companies across the country have implemented stringent policies regarding sexual harassment, open investigations into claims of sexual harassment, sexual violence, and as a result, then and then as a result led to the firing of high-profile individuals in positions of power. Here are three steps we have learned from this book that are helpful when working to make a positive difference in society. It is important for activists to take the perspective of the target audience and adjust their message to best fit the situation, be flexible in a complex system with varying personalities, and bring issues to light by providing platforms, spotting champions, building relationships, and utilizing the different types of power to give citizens their voices. Pressure from citizens encourages change to be socially, economically, and culturally acceptable to society. Starting small through critical thinking and targeting key areas through community members' perspectives leads to national attention, which eventually turns into international attention. Changing the complex systems in, in society takes time, but with the skills discussed by Duncan Green, it can be done. 
Thank you for listening, and we encourage you to share this podcast.